Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast is brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Native Grape Odyssey is an educational project financed by the European Union to promote European wine in Canada, Japan, and Russia. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Walden. My guest today is Leonardo Raspini from Tenuta Argentiera. Hello, ciao Which Monty. is in the Bulgari region on the Tuscan coast. Welcome. Thank you very much. So, Leonardo, tell me a little bit about the azienda Argentiera. First of all, the name Argentiera. Yeah. Argentiera means a silver mine. This is a place where the people, the ancient people, found some minerals very important for their life. This means in particular the Etruscan. Is that, Etruscan. What, is that why they call it the Colline Metallifera? Colline Metallifera is very not far from here, just, okay. just in, uh, not in, uh, by road, but uh, just to by air. There are only 20 kilometers. So, so this means that this area can have the influences in terms of uh, minerals, in terms of uh, soils due to the these kind of rocks and, and also metal so yes, metal, a lot of metals and yes lead, silver pure copper, copper. Uh, iron uh, was uh, one of the places where the Etruscan people find these minerals and this is why Argentiera take this name 20 years ago when uh, started because okay. one in a place where there were abundance of these minerals in the past of course okay so when did you join I joined Argentiera just six months ago so I'm very very <laughs> new in Argentiera but I worked here in the area for a lot of time 20 years ago, so I'm Toscan and I'm very... You're Toscan? Yeah, I'm Toscan. I'm Toscan, not Toscan, of course. Where were you born? I, uh, where I worked there before. No, where were you born? In in, in, in Florence, close to Florence. Oh, so you born in Just, the north? Uh, in the south of Florence, close to... Cisa Valdarno is the name of this little village, so... And on the road for Arezzo from, from Florence. So that's sort of the high Chianti area. Now you're closer to the coast. We're actually on, right on the coast. You've got a fantastic view here yeah. of the coast. And so what's your, what are you, the winemaker, the viticulturist? What did you train for? I'm an agronomist, but agronomist. I started, when I started, I started with the ecophysiological part and I started the response of the plants to the climate, not changing, but to the climate conditions. So, so this was, not, we're not talking about Today we're talking about this is 20 years ago? 20 years ago, yes. 20 years ago I started with uh, this... Uh, I'm an agronomist, so I, I'm talking of everything about uh, the, the the agricultural status of the... So you were studying, it, it could have been um, wheat or vines, or was it just vines you were, you, you were studying? No, I studied on my everything. <laughs> so your, what you were studying there was their response to changes in, in the weather? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, their hormones and things like that? Yes, uh, the, the roots... Uh, and the capacity of the plants to adapt their behavior to the environment. When I, I studied uh, the, the business, the business of the viticulture in Tuscany was so important, so I very quickly <laughs> I went to, to study the, the vines and the behavior of the vines. 
Did you come from a farming family? Yes, yes. So your parents had a farm or they worked in agriculture? Yes, they, my, 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 grandpa, my grandfather was uh, involved in, uh, in agriculture and farmer management of little, little farms, but uh, he was very proud to be a farmer. Was, it, um, was he doing like um, cereal crops? Or cows, or pigs, or everything, or uh, yes, uh, more pigs than cows. But uh, because in Tuscany, of course, uh, we uh, settlement was uh, for for little animals more than the big one. So big ones. So in this moment, he was he was a perfect management of rabbits. Uh, rabbits. So he oh, yeah, had a lot. So I, I'm very. So it was my my feeling in uh, agriculture led me to. To study agriculture. Do you like um, just to change? Do you like Vernaccia di San Gimignano, the famous white wine from San Gimignano? They always say that when you say what do you drink it with, they always say rabbit. <laughs> they, do, they always say rabbit. That's, that's the, that's the coniglio. Best. Yeah, coniglio. Yeah. Coniglio. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's that's your, you, your childhood in the north of Tuscany. Yeah. A farming background. Studied agronomy. See. Obviously, did very well. You're a very good student. Okay. Um, <laughs> laureato. Yes, laureato. Yeah. And then, what was your next step? The next step was uh, the time to to begin with uh, with uh, vines, with uh, the in particular to the vineyard management and the choice of rootstock, uh, for example, the right to choose rootstock, the right variety. And uh, I learned a lot from nursery management. And uh, after that, uh, I began 20 years ago, more so- than 25 years. Go to work with estates from Chianti Classico to, in particular, in Chianti Classico in Umbria. I worked in Umbria with the Lungarotti family, and after Lungarotti, I came back in Toscany, in Montalcino, and after in, uh, and in, in 2001, I arrived in Borgheri in uh, with Ornalaia, and, uh, and now I'm here after other 15 years. So I'm very lucky because Toscany is my my center in my activities and uh, working with Sangiovese with, uh, of course but uh, with Vernaccia and I worked with a lot of varieties and I, I felt uh, and I tried to felt the sensation of each variety. Your background is very interesting because when people think oh you know this guy he's got a job at Ornalaia with Lungarotti some of the most famous names yeah. in Italy you're not there by accident you're there because of your background you've got hands-on experience as a, as a young person on a family farm you studied and you know about the dna almost of, of vines and rootstocks and it's so important when vineyards are being planted that you get the right rootstock because that is the foundation of the plant right yeah. and the right clone or sign you want to call it whatever it's sangiovese uh, whichever clone of sangiovese for th- and you're the kind of person that would save people a lot of money by making by avoiding making easy mistakes right yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. to avoid, uh, I have always tried to avoid mistakes for the people that pay me or for myself, of course, in terms of satisfaction, in terms of acknowledgement. It's not an easy way. In, in, these, uh, in these years, I've learned that uh, the real uh, things for the plants are the fruits, of course. We have, uh, I have learned a lot about this. And for me, the, the rootstock uh, is part uh, of the, the, the interaction between uh, soils, environment, and, uh, and the quality of the wine. It's, the, where, it's where terroir begins. Exactly. It's what means uh, terroirs when I learned that was 
what <laughs> there was means in the in the past. If we have to add uh, another another things to the concept uh, is the time because sometimes uh, we forget that uh, the, the everything is changing. So you have not to uh, understand uh, the relationship between uh, soils, uh, uh, men's uh, and variety, but we have to and in, in microclimate or or, or micro or uh, exactly. But we have to, to understand something more. We have to try to understand something more about the timing that pass and pass for all the three things for the soil because the soil of course becomes another things after 20 25 years 40 in uh, in france after 50 60 years so it's an, another environment where uh, the, the plants have to find the right balancement to produce something that uh, is so important for us because we produce grapes for vines for, for wines so do you get really excited when you're working for an estate and you know you've made, say, three or four or five vintages there and you just know it's a really, it was a badly planted vineyard, it had the wrong rootstock, the wrong clone. And when you take that vineyard out, when you go to sleep and you think, OK, I can finally turn that piece of land around and put the proper grape variety on the proper rootstock, planted in the proper way, with the proper soil preparation, and I know that for the next 20 years unless I do something stupid in the vineyard set pruning, that vineyard is going to give me good wine. You must like have a big smile on your face. Yes, you? yes. this is uh, something that you can find in, on your job or in the job of uh, 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 some others because uh, in terms of quality of the vineyards, when you work, uh, we, we are involved in this business, you have to uh, not only to find your capacity in what you have done, but in what the others have done before you. So the, the incredible thing is to arrive in a place and, uh, to try to understand what was in the mind of the people that have had the occasion to plant a vineyard in this occasion or to plant a, a tree. A tree for me is not the same, but have the same significance. You find in the in a vineyard planted 40 years ago. I was not involved there, but I can feel in a vineyard, a very old vineyard, sensation that I have to interpret it to give to the to the to the seller, to give to the commercial part, to give to the communication skills, to give it something that can give words to that place. And, I mean, are you saying like for an older vineyard, and you've got an old vineyard and a, and a newer vineyard yeah. are you saying that in the, in the older vineyard maybe you'd prune it a little bit more gently than a, a younger vineyard you can be a little bit more robust with a younger vineyard set pruning and you're looking at this older vineyard and think okay it was well planted and I really want to make sure that this vineyard lives as long as possible so the workers must be very careful when they prune Sapotatura is one of the more important parts and the, the old vineyard when I arrived in the after 25 30 years it's what means uh, the age for the vineyard. I, I have just uh, to. I know that here in Bulgaria, in Argentiera, the older vineyards are, have uh, 30 years, have, is, uh, are 30 years old, so it's not uh, younger. But you have to take care the cap- your capacity to prune, to, to interpret the vigor of the plant, to give more deepness in, the, the, in, in their life. And we have a lot of occasion to, to make mistakes because uh, the plants have to be just managed, interpreted the vigor, the, the balancement 
we are just uh, close to here, a few meters from here. You can see from these windows, for example, you can you cannot see from the the the, 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 the phone, but uh, there is a beautiful vineyard there where the plants uh, just express themselves uh, in a natural way. In a very free way. Yeah. yeah. How is soil management changing with climate change? Um, obviously, Tuscany is a very hot, yeah, luminous. Yeah, not too much, but yeah, not too much. But it's a hot, it's a luminous place with plenty of sunlight, plenty of warmth, um, and also sometimes plenty of rain. How is your work between the vine rows with the Sauvetti cover crops and yeah. things, uh, how is that more changing? More and more Sauvetti. We are now. So Sauvetti is a cover crop. Yes, cover crop uh, is to, to excite, succeed and to give to the to the plants uh, a, 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 some a friend. Yeah, <laughs> so some food, could... some indirect food. <laughs> exactly. You feed the soil and the you soil feed the and soil. feed the exactly. It's something that we have learned a lot uh, in the last uh, 25 years. When I was young, in one of my first uh, jobs, I, I started just the interaction between uh, Trifolium subterranum. So uh, that's subterranean clover? Uh, subterranean clover, exactly. Yeah. Uh, to, to give uh, the, to the, the roots a uh, more uh, organic uh, material. And today we, we manage more and more because every year we add to the soil again uh, organic material. To understand the soil is the first step to understand the, the behavior of the plant. So we in Argentina manage the, the rules with uh, cover crops made by with. Uh, so what do you sow? With, for example, and uh, um, sativa. Or, uh, so this is um, barley. Exactly. Barley is great because it gives and, uh, you organic matter. Uh, organic material to give uh, cellulosa, to give carbonium to the soil. to, to replenish the soil. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, part of trifolium, uh, glovers. Glover. Nitrogen uh, Much. And vecha is another kind of uh, legumino. Uh, legumose. Another nitrogen fix another nitrogen yes. fixer. Yes. So depending on the on the dif- on the different site, we use more cereals or more uh, legumes. So uh, depending, so depending on to the to defend the soil from erosion or depending to the temperatures. Quick, as well? No, mm-hmm. not only to the quick that the roots have to develop to to arrive to the right uh, volume in the, in the right, the, the right uh, yield, uh, right yield exactly in uh, in the right moment for the plant because mm-hmm. May. Is, uh, is the month where the plants have to adjust the vigor between uh, the vine and the, and the wheat. So it's not uh, easy, but more it's easier than uh, you can imagine because um, every, every year we have to change something. Barley is great because it um, provides a lot of organic matter yeah. and it's not too expensive. Exactly. And the seeds are big mm-hmm. and are easy to sow if it's a bit windy. Clover, trifolio, trifolio, three leaves. Three leaves. Clover. They're expensive. Mm-hmm. The seeds are very small. Yes. And if it's windy, chivento, mm-hmm. and you're sowing, it can be difficult. Vero. Yeah. Vero, verissimo. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the barley uh, here in this area, for example, was a perfect uh, meal for the birds, of course. Yeah. And so <laughs> they get free you food. Have to, always you have to manage the, 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 the two. So there's between the wind, between the, the rains that uh, take with... Uh, so we have, in this moment, we have the, the technical capacity to go inside the vineyard and uh, 
have the to 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 see the the effect the effect because uh, we have the right machines to yeah. do it. Yeah, you need to be attrezzato. As exactly. You need to have the right tools. To have a right good way. result, always you have to be very very well ben attrezzato. Okay, so let's do a quick tour of um, Tuscany, and then we'll talk about Argentiera, all mm-hmm. of the wines that you make here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, did you have you ever worked in um, like Chianti Classico? Yes, I worked in Chianti Classico, okay. also Castellina for in the in the last uh, four years mm-hmm. and uh, before before in the in the nineties for another another winery. So okay. okay, so tell me a little bit about what makes Castellina special. It's quite a large comune. It's quite a large comune. Yes, yeah, one of the, the two biggest, large communes, yeah. but yeah. has uh, two different sites. It's a, have a beautiful t- sites just uh, in the upper, close to Castellina, and uh, in the east of Castellina with uh, a lot of uh, a lot of rocks, uh, so a lot of uh, sandstones and uh, arenaria. Uh, arenaria and uh, galestro, not too much uh, mm-hmm. abundant galestro, but arenaria is more abundant. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the passage between Castellina and the west of Castellina, so well exposed to the to the sun of the west of uh, to the to the sunset and closer to the sea as well. It, it closer to the sea, but particularly it becomes a, a mix between uh, these the rocks and the clays. So there is uh, a, a, an area, a zone uh, where the, these uh, overlayers between rocks and uh, clays become so interesting in terms of uh, development of uh, the, the Sangiovese, of mm-hmm. course. So the higher the altitude, the level of ripening of, uh, is depending of, of this. And don't forget that uh, Argentiera, Bulgaria, always is, uh, are situated on the evolution of the soil, a uh, younger soil than the inside Tuscany. So, mm-hmm. because uh, here we are positioned on the, on the what uh, the erosion made uh, in, this, in, the, in the mountains of Tuscany 50 million years ago. Here it is, is a more younger uh, soils, and so we have more vigor. Plants uh, are very well uh, suited, but of course uh, this is the reason because uh, Sangiovese is well developed inside Tuscany, and here is well developed the Cabernet Sauvignon, the Cabernet Franc, and the Merlot. Have you ever worked in Montalcino? Just a uh, few. I worked in Montalcino for uh, Angelini, Trimente Angelini, and so Sangiovese. I worked in San Montalcino in ex- some experiments. And the uh, name of their estate in Montalcino, come si chiama? Val di Suga. Val di Suga, exactly. I worked for Val di Suga uh, for three years, so not only for Val di Suga, but uh, for San Leonino and Chianti Classe. So it was a group, that mm-hmm. one. And, and then uh, with uh, Lungorotti? With Lungorotti? Uh, no, Lungorotti in, uh, in Torgiano. Okay. So Lungarotti was uh, in Umbria. Umbrian, Umbrian, mm-hmm. in Umbria. And I worked with, uh, in Coldorcia, but not for the, for the state, Coldorcia, but for the University of Florence that uh, in the 90s started the, something uh, about the, the rootstock and the rest. So I worked there for... So Montalcino is another beautiful place where I, 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 I will lucky be, I'm lucky because I found a different situation. And it's so different from here because uh, in Bulgaria we have just uh, our horizon is uh, just one for each producers, mm-hmm. the sea. <laughs> it's interesting you talk about um, cold orchard because I, I had to do a presentation on Sangiovese recently and I emailed them about clones of Sangiovese. Exactly. They sent me an email that was about 450 pages long with all the different clones yeah. that I'm sure you played a part in, in helping develop, yeah. um, with obviously with different code numbers and different um, phonological expression. The photos of the leaves are bigger or smaller or whatever. So 
and you realise how slow wine can be sometimes the years of work that goes into yeah. and then the years of work that matching it with the right rootstock and then the right terroir and etc and people sometimes think wine is easy and you see this you think no it isn't no no it's absolutely easy to, 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 to give ok now Tenuta Argentiera. Tenuta Argentiera. Allora. 80 hectares here in, okay. in Burgundy. So, so how close are we to the sea? Oh, the, the, the vineyard closer is just around uh, one kilometers, one kilometer and a half. That's your so closest close. vineyard to the sea? Yes, we are the closest. Close. Not the closest, but one of the closest, mm-hmm. absolutely. And the, the average of our altitude is the higher in Burgundy because uh, we, have, we have 40 hectares uh, that, uh, where we produced our flagship wine, Argentiera, that uh, was uh, are situated between uh, f- uh, 200 meters and 150. So in these uh, in, the, in these 40 hectares, we select the Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, and Merlot to produce Argentiera. So you've got one of the highest vineyards in the, yes, Af- yes, in the denomination, yeah? yeah? Is it the highest or not? It's not more the highest, because there is another little parcel higher than this one. But uh, the difference yeah, the is... Uh, states, one, yeah. Yes, for a bigger state, we, we can manage... Uh, uh, more than uh, half uh, of our uh, surface okay. uh, in more in an uh, average uh, altitude of uh, 150. Okay, let's talk about the, the wines from Argentiera. Argentiera uh, represents uh, another aspect of Cabernet Sauvignon. We have, we have Cabernet Sauvignon style, so we, uh, the 50-60% of our blend is Cabernet Sauvignon. So that's for the main, that's for, that's for which wine? What's it called? Just called Tenuta, that's for the flagship wine. The Tenuta it's Argentiera. Argentiera. So yeah. Tenuta, Tenuta Argentiera produces Argentiera as a flagship wine. So as happens, the second one is uh, Villa Donoratico and uh, we produce Villa from uh, it's not uh, exactly a second wine in uh, the Bordeaux concept but uh, Villa Donoratico arrived from uh, an area of uh, 20 hectares uh, close to the, the, the northern part of our estate and uh, we produce Villa Donoratico with more Merlot and a touch of Petit Verdot in difference respect to the Argentiera blend. Argentiera is uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc and Merlot. Villa Donoratico has uh, a percentage of uh, Petit Verdot to complete the, the blend. Next wine? Poggia Ginepri, or in the future? Yeah, now, no, 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 the ones that you made. Is uh, Poggia Ginepri. So that's, that's a, you make um, under the Poggio Ginepri, that's under the, that's the Juniper Hill. The yeah. Ginepri is the, that's the uh, Juniper, the Juniper Hill, exactly. And you make um, a Bianco? A white wine? Yes. A rosato? rosato. And a rosso? And rosso. So, so, yeah. so these different. are the entry-level wines, are they? Yeah. Okay. The, the Poggio, a Ginepri level, is red, white and rosé. And for, for Villa and Argentiera, of course, we use the, the, the best opportunities. The best grapes, uh, yeah? The best grapes, in okay. particular for Argentiera, but in particular from, from the Argentiera areas. So do you still make uh, Villa Donoratico? Yes. Okay, so what is, uh, uh, why the name Donoratico? What is Donoratico? Donoratico is a little village that is very close to, to Argentiera. So it's the place where it's uh, close to the sea and uh, it's the very, the place in the area, because we are in the, uh, in the area of Castagneto Carducci. So Bulgari represent, is represented by 100% in the Castagneto Carducci area. And uh, Castagneto Carducci is the village in the high, in the, in the hills, and Donoratico is the village to close, closer to, to the sea. 
so sì. where the a lot of inhabitants live so the, the people here lives in Donoratico so basically uh, Bolgori is a, what's called a frazione a fraction of exactly of Castagneto Carducci Castagneto Carducci and Donoratico is the other Frazione, so frazione. Yes. Uh, frazione is like a place name, like, or hamlet. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And Bulgari is the historical place where the the history was the, the, the place of the family, ancient families here, Della Gerardesca. Don Ratico was the place of, uh, yes. Was the look of, I just made a lookout sign, that's the lookout, was the lookout exactly. station, exactly. because this area of the coast was subject to, you know, could be subject to attack by the Spanish, for example. Exactly. Okay. So, so you also have, um, who, who is Ophelia, Ophelia Maria? That's another one of your wines. Oh, was a funny history, it was not funny, but when Argentina was owned by Fratini family, so the first uh, owner of Argentiera was this uh, family arrived, it was in Florence and in Prato. So when were they the owner then? They sold uh, Argentiera in 2016. Oh, so they were the original owners, were they? And now is uh, Stanislaus Turnauer. Argentiera is owned by uh, Stanislaus Turnauer. He's a businessman, but he lo- doesn't love uh, to be called businessman. But uh, he is, uh, of course, uh, chief of a very important company in Austria. He was so in love with this, uh, this part of Tuscany and that he decided uh, three years ago to, to move this family from uh, Vienna to Florence and after from Florence to Bulgari. He lived very close to Bulgari and he bought this uh, estate uh, in 2016. But uh, like to develop the best this uh, property because it's beautiful and he needs to to fine-tune. To fine-tune, fine exactly. We have so did, were you working before he bought the estate? Were you working here before then, or did he, did he hire you? Yes. I, I, no, I worked, uh, I arrived with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Sanislaus, but in particular, the CEO of Argentiera is a good friend of mine because uh, he studied together in the uh, University of Florence. Federico Zirei del Verme is the president of the DCU Borghese Appellation and is the owner of another beautiful estate, the Castello di Bulgari, so he's the, 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 the more representative man in Bulgari because he lived there just in the castle of Bulgari. And uh, when uh, one year ago, more less than one year, just in the beginning of the year, he knew that I was in changing my like looking for a new experience. Uh, he said, I need uh, help. So he remains CEO here and I became uh, general manager. So now we have to go ahead uh, in the development of Argentiera. So you're at the beginning of your experience here? Still yeah, this yes. Year. So is this your first harvest, 2019? 2019 is my first harvest in Argentina, yes. Okay, well we you wish did. you luck with that because the harvest is going on. Yes, going on, we adjusted the half of the harvest. We have uh, so beautiful Cabernet Franc this morning and tomorrow the same Cabernet Franc and uh, it's a, a beautiful, beautiful uh, vintage. So from your perspective, which are the easiest grapes to grow in this particular terroir where you're very close to the sea and which are the slightly more difficult ones? Okay, the, the more the, the Cabernet Sauvignon is uh, something that uh, arrived from uh, the 
de, de, de Mind of Nicolò Mario Incisario che adesso Cabernet Sauvignon Cabernet Franc to the, the Sassicaia effect yes yes but of closer they, they, we are more closer than Sassicaia vineyards to the sea so for us Cabernet Sauvignon is more important than Cabernet Franc Cabernet Franc you have to find uh, really the fine tuning and the, the relationship between in the ratio between the quantity and the quality the quantity is uh, the Cabernet Sauvignon is more easy in, in these terms it's more Ca- robust and the quality you can obtain beautiful quality for Cabernet Sauvignon if you have the right place and the right soil of course but in, in this condition it could be very interesting Merlot you have in, in Bulgaria is more difficult because uh, you have to f- to find the, the ripening and sometimes very quick the ripening not this year but uh, sometimes could happen the more difficult uh, <laughs> the more difficult variety grape variety in Bulgaria probably is Sangiovese but uh, of course uh, my good friend of mine San Michele Satta his son Giacomo others producers uh, find Sangiovese that can express the the, the terroir uh, or the capacity for the man to interpret it Sangiovese here but in general in, term, in general terms in Bulgari Sangiovese could have more uh, too much quick ripening in particular respect to the perfect Sangiovese inside Toscany Chianti Classico Heiger Vineyards Montalcino in the, everywhere and uh, so in, in uh, Bulgari we are lucky because each variety can uh, have good production but uh, to produce uh, important wine to be drinked everywhere in the world you have to produce the best interpretation of the soil yeah and, uh, and we'll go back to where we started and to get the best you need to have a vineyard that's been well planted in the in the beginning yeah yeah i mean that's otherwise it's we call it a stone in your shoe on sassonella and alla scarpa a stone in your shoe you're always having to retrofit and, and make up for a badly planted vineyard it looks like you've inherited some very very good vineyards yeah here. and uh we wish you leonardo raspini every success thank in you your very much. new career at tenuta argentiera grazie it's a beautiful grazie day molto. really stunning very beautiful and this day is a beautiful days to harvest and to, uh, to a sun that's shining if you if you want to get an absolutely fantastic view of the Tuscan coast where you can really see where the hills descend and then there's forest and then there's the strip of coastline and then the, the blue sea, the Tyrrhenian sea beyond. You have to come to Tenuta Argentieri. You stand on the winery roof. They've got a green roof like a grass, like a football pitch. It's grass. Even underneath is the winery. You stand on that roof. It's very safe. It's flat. And you have an absolutely spectacular view. Vero. Verissimo. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm going to be your tourist consultant now. Your <laughs> Grazie. When they fire me from the podcast, that's I'm going to knock on you. You're going to get an email from me. So, okay. Leonardo, do you remember the guy that did it? I need a job. Okay. Thank you very much. Ciao. Really nice to see you. Again. Grazie tanto. Grazie molto. Um, you've spoken with great passion and knowledge about what you do. Thank you. Thank you. Grazie. Di This podcast has been brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey, discovering the true essence of high-quality wine from Europe. Find out more on nativegrapeodyssey.eu. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.